the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. It's past 10 o'clock. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. It is the 11th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2019, and you know what that means. That makes this, of course, Veterans Day. And I know that there are services going on uh, all over the country in honor of our veterans, and I'm so deeply thankful for that. I know the Vice President of the United States is going to be making remarks at the Tomb of the Unknowns today. Um, just uh, Hugh Hewitt spent the entire morning trying to raise funds uh, for the Semper Fi Fund, just an absolutely fantastic organization as we say thank you to all of those who have um, made what we have in this country possible. And that is, uh, and that is what it is all about. Those who are currently active duty and of course all veterans who laid it on the line, uh, to, uh, nourish the tree of liberty, uh, that we all, uh, that we all eat from each and every day. So thank you to all veterans today. And I'm going to tell you again, same thing I told you I did on Friday when I was at the gas station and I saw a gentleman with a Vietnam, uh, uh, cap, uh, on, Vietnam War veteran cap on. When you see those guys, you could just give them a little quick handshake and a thank you for your service. It means the world to them. Don't just make Veterans Day happen on Veterans Day. Make a Veterans Day every day. All right. Uh, looks like I do indeed have our next guest on the line as we get into hour number two. Congressman Jim Jordan makes his return to the program on AM 1420. The answer. Happy Veterans Day, Congressman. How are you, sir? Good. I'm doing fine, Bob. You too. And thank you, as you said, to uh, the veterans who defended the principles that make us the greatest country ever. It's a, it's a, it's a day that is uh, special. And like you said, every day is special for these guys who, who did so much for our country. No question about it. And, and, you know, speaking of America being the greatest country ever, 
Uh, the United States of America's economy is is perhaps yes. the greatest that it's ever been. I want to play you a five second clip here, and maybe three seconds. Jamie Dimon, you probably know, is the CEO of oh, America's yeah. biggest bank, and he was on sixty Minutes last night, and this is what he said about the American economy. This is the most <laughs> prosperous economy the world's ever seen. And it's going to be a very prosperous economy for the next hundred years. This is the most prosperous economy the world has ever seen. And, Congressman, I'm going to use that as a launch into this. Isn't that the real reason the Democrats are so desperate to impeach President Donald Trump? One of their own members said we have to impeach him because if he's going to win the election. He's going to get reelected. That's why they're doing this. It's, it's, it's really a sad day. You, you think about what these folks have done. Over the last three and a half years, it started in July of 2016 when they spied on two American citizens associated with President Trump's campaign and all that unfolded over the next three years. And now this, impeaching the president of the United States based on some anonymous whistleblower with no firsthand knowledge who has a bias against the president, who worked with Joe Biden, and the only member of Congress who gets to know who that individual is, is Adam Schiff. The other 434 members don't. And more importantly, you and the media and the, and the American people don't get to know who this guy is. He's not going to come testify in these hearings that they're going to that they're going to roll out and create out these witnesses over the next few days. No, it, it, it does come down to that because they are so political. It's not about what's good for the country. It's about going after the president. As Mr. Diamond said, this economy is roaring along and it's happening because of the things President Trump's getting done in spite of the mainstream press and in spite of the Democrats. Yeah, that that is exactly. This, by the way, is what you referenced that not not enough people have heard, in my opinion. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. That's Representative Al Green, and this was long before the Ukraine phone call happened. I was also playing Rashid, yep. uh, 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 Sharia Talib and Jihad Omar's yep. comments long before Maxine Waters, long before all these individuals who have been screaming for uh, for impeachment long before that phone call was ever made. Uh, their decision to impeach was made three years ago. They've been spent. They have spent three years now looking for an excuse, and they feel like they have found one here in this anonymous whistleblower. Uh, to that end. Let me ask you this. Uh, Adam Schiff has already rejected. I know that the uh, Republicans, you guys, have put forth a list of yep. witnesses you would like to have uh, an opportunity to speak to or to cross-examine, and he is essentially saying no to all of them, the most important of which is the whistleblower. I know that you cannot identify by, by name, but I will, based on multiple reports, and that is Eric Charamella, CIA operative, J uh, Joe Biden crony, Barack Obama holdover. Uh, he's not going to be allowed to testify. What do we do now? The whistleblower should have to stand in front of the American people. We're talking about impeaching the president of the United States 11 and a half months before the next election. He should have to stand in front of the American people, raise his right hand, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help him God. And, and we can determine how credible he is. We can find out what motivations, what biases he may have. That is how it works in our great country. But they're saying, no, no, no. Only Adam Schiff and his staff get to talk to the whistleblower. No one else in the country gets to know who he is. No one else in the country gets to cross-examine this guy. The country, 300-some million people, 63 million of which voted for President Trump in 2016, they don't get to see who this individual is. And we're talking about... But didn't Adam Schiff say he needed to testify? Didn't they, a month ago, he didn't did. Adam Schiff say, Schiff say he will testify? Six weeks ago, Adam Schiff was saying the same thing you and I are saying, Bob. And then what happened? What happened in, that, in, the, in the six weeks since then? The only thing that has changed is we learned that Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff's staff had a meeting with the whistleblower. And we learned that Adam Schiff didn't tell us that. And we learned the whistleblower didn't disclose to the inspector general as he was supposed to on the form that you submit if you're going to have a complaint that he did talk with people on Capitol Hill. 
That's what we've learned since then. And so now suddenly the tune changes. Oh, no, no, we don't have to hear from the guy. Again, only Adam Schiff gets to. Uh, that's the part that is the most frustrating thing, uh, that obviously uh, uh, Adam Schiff is running this whole thing. He's almost the most imp- most powerful. Since he's trying to take down the most powerful person who is the executive of the country, he has almost become the most powerful person in Washington, and I don't know why he gets that outsized power. And let me ask you this. Are you going to be able to check any of that now that Leader McCarthy has appointed you to the Intelligence Committee? Well, I mean, look, we're preparing for the hearings. We've got two this week, uh, one on Wednesday and another on Friday. We're preparing for those. I'm going to do the best I can, as, w- as will the other members of the committee under the leadership of, the, of uh, Ranking Member Nunes, and we're going to try to make sure the American people see the truth. And never forget, Bob, four facts have not changed, will not change. Four fundamental facts. Democrats don't want to talk about this. They want to parade all these witnesses in front of you and spin all this stuff up. But four facts have never changed. The call transcript shows no linkage between money and specific investigations. The two guys on the call, President Trump, President Zelensky, have said no pressure, no linkage. The Ukrainians didn't even know aid had been withheld at the time of the call. And most importantly, the Ukrainians took no specific actions showing that they were going to do specific investigations before the aid was released. Those four facts are fundamental. There is nothing here. There's no quid pro quo. But the Democrats don't care. They're going to say so-and-so, talk to so-and-so who told someone about something, and therefore we got to impeach the president. That's ridiculous, but that's what their case comes down to. And we're going to try to show the American people that over the next several weeks as they have these hearings. Congressman Jim Jordan is my guest. We're talking about the impeachment sham. Um, I'm going to play another clip for you if I can quickly. Yeah, maybe I can't. So I'll just tell you what he said. You probably heard it yourself. Lindsey Graham, who is the chair of the Judiciary Committee in on the Senate side, said yesterday on uh, uh, Chuck Todd's program that if the whistleblower does not testify, any article of impeachment that the Demo- or Democrats may vote on and pass on a partisan basis and send to the uh, Senate side is going to be dead on arrival. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think they will follow through? That's good to hear. That is, yeah. that is good to hear. I mean, I think, I think I've said this all along. The American people understand facts. The American people understand fairness. They instinctively know the facts are on the president's side. They instinctively know that this process is not fair. I think they see through it. Now, you've got some hyper-partisan people on the left who, who don't care about facts, who don't care about due process, and they're going to keep doing the things they're doing, and unfortunately a lot of them are in Congress. So that, that's going to happen, but the vast majority of these people, I think, see this for what it is. Here we are 11 and a half months before the next election, and they're trying to impeach the president based on this? On this? I think Americans see through it. I would certainly hope so. I want to talk a little bit more about the president and uh, the fact that, you know, he is doing so well uh, and the economy is doing so well. Jobs, I mean, all of the record numbers we talk about all the time, getting, you know, just continuing to uh, come through on campaign promises, got us out of the Paris Climate Accord, the Iran nuclear deal, et cetera, et cetera. If you look at all of the great things that he has been able to do, Congressman Jordan, consider the fact that he has had to do all of this up against the headwinds provided by obstructionist Democrats, by an unbelievably, unprecedentedly hostile media and members of his own party and members of his own administration working against him. Nikki Haley revealed yesterday, and it's in a book that comes out tomorrow, that Chief of Staff John Kelly and Secretary of State Rex Tillerson were literally covertly working to subvert the president's agenda uh, and asked her to join them. They, they considered themselves to be resistors of the president from the inside and that they were trying to save the country by stopping him. I, I, I cannot even imagine, uh, like I said, the, 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 the temerity and the gall of doing such a thing. But moreover, I, I, I just wonder how much good the president could have done for this country if he actually had people on his team working on his behalf. Well, 
two points, and the, and the first one's the one you just made. In spite of all that, look at what's happened in three years, three and a half years now, that uh, three years that the president has, has been in, uh, the president. I mean, I always say taxes cut, regulations reduce, economy growing. We, we talked about that. Lowest unemployment in years, Gorsuch on the court, Kavanaugh on the court, uh, out of the Iran deal, out of the Paris deal, embassy in Jerusalem, hostages home from North Korea, and a bunch of other things we, can't, we don't have time to talk about. So that, that's, that's point number one. Point number two is this, this broader fundamental concern I have. And we're seeing this in this whole impeachment thing. The last time I checked, the unelected people in the bureaucracy answer to the person whose name was on the ballot, and we, the American people, elected to high office. That is the guy who is in charge, not the other way around. And unfortunately, way too many of these bureaucrats, and we're seeing it in this whole impeachment thing, some of these diplomats who feel like they're more important than the president of the United States. That, that is a scary thing. Never forget what Chuck Schumer said clear back January 3rd, 2017. He's talking about President-elect Trump at the time. He said to, to President-elect, you mess with the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. That is frightening. That is scary. The idea that unelected people get the elected person simply because they don't like what he's doing, don't like the policies that the American people voted in. That is a scary thing. And so that is part and parcel of what's happening with this impeachment. Some of these people in the diplomatic corps think they're more important than the president. And we're going to try to highlight that issue as well in these hearings uh, later this week. And the last thing we'll just kind of uh, uh, go back to is, uh, you know, we go back to Al Green who said, you know what, if we don't impeach him, uh, he's going to get reelected. Um, how do you feel about the fact that the Democrat candidates the cesspool of candidates is so weak uh when it comes to facing off against donald trump that suddenly here comes michael bloomberg uh i mean literally they've had what 20 almost 24 almost a couple of dozen people so far some of them have already dropped off but they are so uh concerned that they cannot beat the president in an election that now they're drafting new members to come uh, and be a part of this pool of candidates to try to win this thing and and rather than just giving the people the right to make the decision you know what let's see if the people want him impeached we'll find out in november it's only 12 months away let's let this thing go through and let the people decide whether or not they want to impeach bob they're so nervous hillary clinton's thinking about running again i know i I know and and, and, (laughs) in a survey i saw last week congressman uh between bloomberg and hillary there was a third name that was thrown in there about which you would be most likely to support of the non-declared candidates right now and you know who got the most votes michelle obama that's how desperate they are they are looking for anybody because they don't think anybody that's in the current crop of leftist socialists uh, on that uh, uh, in that pool can beat President Trump. I think I don't I don't think it matters who they put up. I think President Trump's going to win re-election. I think there's the potential that he wins big. If the president wins big, I think there's the real potential we take back the House of Representatives. So uh, that's what I'm working for because I think that's better policy for the country. And and uh, and look, like we've said. The record the president has had now for three years has been phenomenal in spite of the opposition from the Democrats, from the mainstream press, and as you said, even from some people in our own party. So, look, I think he's going to win. I don't care if they put up Hillary Clinton. I don't care if they put up Michael Bloomberg or or Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden. I don't think it matters. I think he's going to win. Congressman Jim Jordan, newly appointed to the Intelligence Committee, going to work on behalf of the American people in defending not just the president, but the presidency, because that's what is, is, is what is at stake here. Well and uh, well Congressman, said. I know you're going to do your level best to do that for us. Thank you so much. Bob, thank you. Take care. 1021, the Bob France Authority, right back after this. It's the Bob France Authority here. On AM 1420, The Answer. Far, we've been traveling far. 
Let's move it a little bit on Veterans Day 2019. Absolutely. Living in America is a privilege. It is not a right. It is a privilege. And enjoying the freedoms that we all uh, have in this country, well, that's a sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice made by everyone who's ever worn a military uniform. Doesn't matter whether you're a Marine, whether you're a sailor, whether you're a soldier, whether you're an airman, whether you're a guardsman, uh, whether you're a Coast Guardsman, doesn't matter what you've done. If you've worn the uniform and protected this country, you are our heroes. Thank you to all who have served. Hugh Hewitt um, this morning spoke at length about the article that he wrote for the Washington Post this weekend. And i got to tell you, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think Hugh is, uh, is spot on here. Hugh's column in the post it's kind of weird i it, 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 he was he was such a fantastic talk show host and fantastic uh, broadcast journalist and also quite frankly a print journalist as well it's so weird how he's able to somehow infiltrate the leftist mainstream media and bring the right message there without getting uh, uh you know without getting destroyed um he goes to msnbc uh, or NBC on with Chuck Todd, and uh, he brings the right message in defense of the presidency, as I said to uh, Jim Jordan a moment ago. It's not just defending this president, it's defending the presidency, uh, which is under attack by the American left right now and these demon rats. But he goes to MSNBC, and he goes to the Washington Post, who right there with the New York Times, it's 1A and 1B. I don't know which one is quite on top as far as being the worst, most pathetic um, excuse of print journalism uh, in America today. I think both of them are, are clearly at the top, even though the L.A. Times, San Francisco Chronicle, Chicago Tribune, Cleveland Plain Dealer, and others, uh, they do their level best to try to catch up. But he finds his way into these leftist media you know, bastions and, um, and brings the conservative message without getting destroyed, without getting canned, without getting, uh, you know, anybody laying a glove on him, quite frankly. So he went to the, or continues to work with the Washington Post and ran this, uh, uh, op-ed over the weekend that I'll share with you after the bottom of the air news because it's coming up. How the Senate can stop a purely partisan impeachment. And how he gets them to publish his work, I don't know, but God bless him for doing so, because this is exactly the advice that the Senate should follow here. The nut, I'm going to give you the details of it in a moment, but the, the, nut, the uh, thumb, uh, uh, thumbnail sketch version of it is this. Um, refuse to act. Don't take up the trial after the articles of impeachment are sent to you from the partisan house. Don't take up the trial and then just acquit the president and refuse to remove him from power with the vote, which the Democrats have to know that they cannot win. But don't even give them the satisfaction of a trial. Just table it. Just refuse to act on the articles that are sent over. That is the best way to handle this for a number of reasons. Again, that's just the you know uh, thumbnail sketch version. I'll give you the details, the nuts and bolts of what he had to say coming up after the news. On AM fourteen twenty, the answer. All right, not sure exactly what's going on. I got radio silence. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Radio silence uh, in my ears. Uh, not sure exactly what's going on, but I'm going to assume we are good to go. Uh, it's 1035. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Phone lines are open. This hat last half hour is guest free at 216-901-0945, We are getting closer and closer. We are now 10 days away from um, from uh, uh, the uh, War for America Soul Tour. The War for America Soul Tour with Peter Kersenow joining me as well as Hugh Hewitt and uh, uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. We're going to be at the Holiday Inn Rockside uh, on the 21st at um, uh, for an unbelievable event, quite frankly, in Independence. We are going to discuss everything that the United States is facing right now. And it truly is. I know that's a weird kind of maybe a little bit hyperbolic sounding thing. It's a war. But, I mean, it really is. Now, it's not a war that we want to fight with fists or guns, God forbid, ever we have to do something like that. But there is a civil war in the, in the world, in the, in the thought world, if you will. It's a civil war in our culture that we are fighting. And quite frankly, it's something we can't do alone. We have to join together. We have to strategize. We have to uh, make sure that we are all on the same page. And that's what this whole thing is about. So we're all going to come together for the War for America Soul Tour. There are very few handful of... Um, VIP tickets remaining for that event. You can get them right now at whkradio.com, whkradio.com. And by the way, as long as you're going to be there, why don't you show up a couple of hours early? From 4 to 6 p.m., there's an opportunity at the Sullivan's uh, Brewing Company, uh, or no, excuse me, at uh, uh, at the... Um, trying to find the name of the actual bar inside the hotel there. But we are going to have a barbecue, brew, and hue. Uh, brought to you by uh, AM 1420, The Answer, and Sullivan, Sullivan's Brewing Company from Kilkenny, Ireland. So barbecues, brew, and hue attendees will enjoy appetizers and samplings from the Sullivan Brewing Company, as well as the opportunity to talk one-on-one with Hugh Hewitt from 4, uh, well, it says 4 to 5, and it says 4 to 6. So we know it starts at 4, but come on out and be a part of that as well. Um, at uh, the, the what lounge? Impulse Lounge, Club Impulse. There it is. Okay, got it. Thank you for that. So it's Club Impulse at the um, uh, Holiday and Rockside. So you've got the Barbecue Brewer and Hughes starting at, starting at 4 o'clock on uh, the 21st, and then we will uh, be welcoming you with our um, VIP dinner after that uh, for VIP ticket holders and then the stage presentation on the War for America's Soul. Tickets for both events can be found at whkradio.com. That's whkradio.com. Okay. <clears throat> Want to get to a couple of different perspectives that I think need to be, need to be heard here. One of them, uh, is from a Democrat, from a liberal Democrat by the name of, of Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is a liberal attorney, hard, longtime Harvard law professor, and a guy who is, quite frankly, you know, um, being pushed away, I think, from the Democrat Party. Maybe intentionally, I don't know, but he is more concerned with the Constitution, which constitutional attorneys should be, particularly con law professors, um, than, he had, than he is with the Democrats' political agenda. And Alan Dershowitz, conservative, or excuse me, liberal Democrat, says of conservative President Donald Trump that he is being targeted by a Democrat Congress trying to create crimes out of nothing. He warned that Americans should be frightened of the House's impeachment investigation this weekend, accusing Democrats of trying to create crimes out of nothing. He was on a radio show. He said, whether you're from New York 
or the middle of the country, you should be frightened by efforts to, cr- to try to create crimes out of nothing. Well, I spent afternoon yesterday, said Alan Dershowitz, researching and searching through the federal criminal statutes from beginning to end. And, you know, guys like Alan Dershowitz know those things almost, you know, like with encyclopedic knowledge. They don't really have to search very much because they know them like the back of their hand. But he looked through it, the federal criminal statutes, word for word. He said, looking for the crime that the Democrats are trying to impeach the president over. He said, I couldn't find it. And that's because there isn't one. The House's impeachment inquiry was launched in September amid Democratic concerns that Trump leveraged $400 million in military aid to pressure Zelensky to publicly open an investigation on unfounded corruption allegations against Joe Biden, a top political rival. This is the way the Hill words all of this. The Hill is a left-leaning newspaper on, obviously, Capitol Hill. Um, the White House has repeatedly blasted the investigation as what it is, a witch hunt, decrying the Democrats' efforts as unhinged and unaccepting of the results of the 2016 election. More on that in a moment. But uh, back to Dershowitz, who said in his piece, or in the radio spot, I should say, first they made up collusion. I searched the statute books. There's no crime of collusion with a foreign country. After that, they said obstruction of justice. In a desperate attempt, Dershowitz said, to try to find crimes, they're just making it up. And that means we are all in danger, end quote. That's pretty strong. Coming from a liberal Democrat, we are all in danger. Because of what they are trying to do. That's why what I said about Jordan, or excuse me, to Jordan, Jim Jordan, uh, last segment, or two segments ago, was that he is going to the Intelligence Committee, appointed there by by, um, uh, uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, to protect the presidency. Not to protect Donald Trump. To protect the presidency. If this kind of nonsense is allowed to go through this time, and they take it all the way to the Senate, even if the Senate rejects this, which they should out of hand, and I'll get to the Hugh Hewitt part in a moment that I promised, which they should reject. If the House even lets this thing rise, rise to the level of actually introducing articles of impeachment and then thus holding a vote to send this to the Senate for trial, um, the presidency will be forever damaged. Future presidents, Republican or Democrat, are going to have such a low bar for impeachment against them that it literally damages the leadership of this country and will for forever for for uh, presidents uh, forever to come. Now, I, I joked or I said a moment ago, I kind of joked about this, um, although it's not really funny when I said that the Democrats have been for three years now trying to undo the results of election. They refuse to accept the results of the November 8, 2016 election, which we all know is the case. But what is kind of funny, excuse me, funny but not funny in, in, in that sort of way, is the Washington Post, which I mentioned that Hugh writes for, and I'll talk about that again in a second too. The Washington Post is actually running a piece Wondering aloud, or at least in print, if the Republicans, if the GOP can accept election results that they don't like. The Republicans are the ones who can't accept results of elections that they don't like, according to the Washington Post. Last month, Hillary Clinton, who may get back into this thing again for another bite at the apple, joked, but not jokingly in her mind, about a 2020 rematch with Trump claiming, I can beat him again. She still hasn't accepted the results of the election. Three years on. Stacey Abrams, 
who fell 50,000 votes short in her race to be governor of Georgia last year, still hasn't conceded that race. She maintains that she is actually the governor. <laughs> the DNC backs up her, backs her up on her claim, too, saying she didn't actually lose, but the race was stolen from her by uh, 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 disenfranchisement of voters and uh, voter fraud and all kinds of other things. Democrats so distraught over the 2016 election convinced themselves it was stolen by Trump. Yet here comes the Washington Post claiming that it's the Republicans, the GOP, that has problems accepting the results of elections, not the Democrat Party. His evidence is Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin's refusal to concede his narrow defeat by less than 5,000 votes last Tuesday. He writes, quote, one occasionally hears liberals muse that uh, that even if Trump were cl- uh, were to lose next year, he might simply refuse to vacate the White House. This seems a highly unlikely scenario, especially since there may be nothing Trump fears more than public humiliation. Instead, what is far more likely is that Trump would not would not have to be physically removed from the Oval Office, but would, starting immediately after Election Day and continuing into his post presidential life, undertake a campaign to discredit the results. Let me say that again out loud. That Trump might undertake a campaign to discredit the election results. This is what the Washington Post says. It's been three years since Hillary Clinton lost, and she has undertaken a campaign to discredit her election loss ever since. The DNC has spent three years trying to discredit the results of that election. They hired Bob Mueller to prove that the election results weren't valid. That they were affected by Donald Trump's campaign coordinating and colluding and collaborating with Russians. And they actually printed this in the Washington Post. The most important question, writes the Washington Post in their editorial, is this. If he's back at Mar-a-Lago furiously tweeting about how much he was wronged, will anyone care? Or will he succeed in leading his voters to refuse to accept the election was proper simply because they didn't like it? Some of those supporters certainly won't accept it, the Washington Post wrote. They've been trained by Trump and other Republicans over and over again to reject anything that challenges their faith in Trump's godlike perfection, end quote. Holy goodness. I mean, I can't even say pot calling kettle black. I can't say beyond the pay. There aren't words to describe the hypocrisy and the projectionism, once again, that the left is engaging in. As always, what they themselves are guilty of, they project those sins onto their opponents. It's what they always do. It's why the Democrat Party, the party of slavery, the party of Jim Crow, the party that opposed civil rights, the party that founded the KKK, the party of racism, projects all of that onto the Republicans who fought against all of the above. This is what they do. They practice and engage in fascism while calling themselves Antifa, anti-fascists, projectionism. It's constant. 
And now here we are watching for the last three years this this fight to discredit the outcome of the election, to claim that it wasn't valid, to claim that, that Russian meddling is the only reason Donald Trump won. Or Jim Comey, because Jim Comey, Comey reopened the Hillary investigation a couple of weeks before the election. That must have turned some people away from Hillary. It's all somebody else's fault. The people didn't actually speak this way and reject Democrat ideals and liberalism. It's not, it's not true. It's not right. It's not fair. Stacey Abrams, same thing. No, it didn't happen. They constantly oppose and complain and refuse to accept the results of election elections, and now here they are claiming that it's Republicans who may do that if Donald Trump loses. You know, you can't criticize Barack Obama's policies without ever being, without being accused of racism. No barrage of facts is enough to sully their perception of Obama's messianic status, and yet they're going to use those words like Trump's godlike perfection. The left reveres Barack Obama as if he is a holy figure, and if you condemn Obamacare, if you condemn the stimulus package, if you condemn trading, five high-value Al-Qaeda detainees for a deserter like Bo Bergdahl, if you critic anything, criticize anything that his holy barackness did, you're a racist. After eight years of deluding themselves into believing Obama's infallibility, they've convinced themselves that Trump is the exact opposite. Opposite, He's the embodiment of evil, who only got elected because of Putin. To this day, PJ Media says it best, despite all evidence to the contrary, the left still thinks Russia elected Trump, and they have been obsessed with impeaching him from the very start. Need we remind them that on January 20th, 2017, the Washington Post, the same paper that wrote this op-ed claiming that it's Republicans who refuse to accept the outcome of elections, the Washington Post published an article headlined, The Campaign to Impeach President Trump Has Begun. I want you to ponder that. On Inauguration Day, on January 20th, 2017, the day Trump is inaugurated, the Washington Post ran that article. The campaign to impeach has begun. And now, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, and the rest of this crew of abominable hacks is trying to tell us, no, we didn't show up in Washington trying to impeach. Nobody would wish this. It's just that, well, there was this phone call, and we we found out about it through proper channels from a a whistleblower, and, and, well, we we think this is is high crimes and misdemeanors. This is treasonous. This is impeachable, and we we have to follow through because it's our duty to, to run oversight of the executive branch. That's what the Constitution tells us. The Washington Post admitted it. The campaign to impeach President Trump began on January 20th, 2017. I'll get back to the Hugh part of all of this story right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. Smoking camels and drinking domestic. 
Yes, indeed. Only in America and only because of the patriots, those who have sacrificed and put it all on the line, putting their lives on the line, and especially those who gave their lives and lost their lives or portions of their lives in service to this great country, wounded in so many ways, physically and emotionally, mentally. Um, We owe these people everything. We owe them our lives. We owe them our country. We owe them this great republic, and we thank them on this day. And as I said previously, and I'll say it again here just so I don't forget to, do not just make this Veterans Day. Every chance you get, make a Veterans Day. Give them a handshake. Give them a thank you. If you come across them wearing their hats, they don't wear those because their heads are cold. Vietnam veterans, Korean War veterans, they don't wear those caps that say Vietnam veteran because their head's cold or to keep their hair down. They would like you if you noticed it. They're proud of it, and I think it should be incumbent upon all of us to say thank you for it anytime you see those things. I know uh, seeing folks with World War II decorations on their uh, on their uh, clothing is a little bit rare now, given the time and their ages. But uh, anytime you see anybody who has served in any one of their any capacity for this country, by all means, give them a thank you. Make a Veterans Day every day. So Hugh Hewitt, I want to go back to what I was talking about. How should this whole thing wrap? <clears throat> if and when, and I don't think it's really a question of if; it's really just a matter of when. The Democrats follow through, and they uh, file and uh, vote on and pass on a partisan basis articles of impeachment uh, and give it to the Senate for a trial. Hugh Hewitt's advice to the Senate, I think, is absolutely appropriate. A short summary of his last column. There is nothing yet revealed by the Ukraine investigation that supports a yes vote on any impeachable offense by the House, nor nor offense of any kind to anyone familiar with the combustible history of politics, foreign affairs, and back channels. The closest parallel for a first friend, such as Rudy Giuliani, globetrotting for, for the president, is Harry Hopkins and FDR. Hopkins journeyed abroad in 1934 and again in 1941 as FDR's unofficial eyes and ears. There was an excellent book that surprises uh, people when they consider the similarities between the temperament and personal histories of Hopkins and Giuliani. Uh, but the point here is that um, neither, uh, uh, while Hopkins was never the hero the former mayor of New York was in that dark September day, neither was Hopkins ever close to being the subject of such a federal investigation. But whatever the historical parallels, Hugh writes, The current House investigation is deeply compromised by secret hearings, selective leaks, and what looks to be the first purely partisan vote to impeach from the House since 1868. Five Democrats voted to impeach President Bill Clinton, making that a bipartisan impeachment. Given these assaults on fair process and the horrible precedent a purely partisan impeachment uh, would set, it is fair to ask, Should the charges that come out of the House be legitimized in any way? And what will come of those charges in the Senate? As Hugh points out, the Secretary of the Senate is the chief chief legislative, administrative, and financial officer of the upper chamber. Uh, Johnston says, a critical moment will arise as soon as any articles arrive in the Senate and before any substantive proceedings occur. Under the standing rules of the Senate, the Senate must approve a motion to proceed to consider the articles sent them by the House. And it is at that moment, Hugh Hewitt writes, that senators, even and especially those critical of Trump for other reasons, should think of a future littered with partisan impeachments born of secret proceedings and abuse of the House's House minorities' rights, as well as rights of future presidents. 
If House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff's sham charges aren't throttled in their crib by Mitch McConnell, they will birth future similar charades. But McConnell and fellow Republicans, perhaps with the support of Democrats willing to brave enormous blowback from the resistance, should step up and say this far and no farther. We will not put our nation at risk of future of a future littered with these sorts of vendettas, dressed in the garb of impeachment. We won't ever approve a purely partisan article of impeachment for trial. In other words, the time will be when the Senate receives these charges from the House to say we will not pass a motion to proceed. We will not proceed. We will not give this thing a trial. We will not act upon it because we have the right to say so. A purely partisan impeachment out of the House should never be allowed to stand in the United States of America. Hugh Hewitt is 100% correct. We'll talk more about this on tomorrow's program because we have to say uh, au revoir for now. Happy Veterans Day once again. Thank you to those who served. Mike Gallagher is next. We'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.